what we experienced on, on Monday, we pretty much spent all day Monday there trying to soak everything in. Was it the kind of thing where you've been there for a few hours and you got tired of? No. no. You wanted to no. leave? No, you no. did not want to leave. No, you It was you just didn't the opposite. No matter how long you were there, you still didn't want to leave. Even it was 2.30, almost 3 in the morning their time when we arrived. We didn't want to leave, but yeah, we, we knew that if we were going to be able to function the next yeah. day, yeah. we needed to go get some sleep. Wilmore, Kentucky, a turn-of-the-century village located on the Norfolk Southern Railroad line near historic High Bridge in Jessamine County. The city's main street is an historic district on the National Register of Historic Places. It was settled back in 1770 by revolutionary soldiers from Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. And the city of Wilmore is situated near one of the most breathtaking, beautiful areas of the American countryside, the Big Bend of the Kentucky River. There's these breathtaking limestone formations. Wilmore is also located of Jessamine County which is considered the garden area of central Kentucky with lush vegetation, rambling creeks, and considerable Kentucky River frontage. The town primary influenced by Asbury University, which was established back in 1890. Asbury was named after Bishop Francis Asbury. He was the first Methodist bishop in America who, in 1790, started a frontier school called Bethel Academy, which is not too far from the current campus location. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Is this a travel show today? Well, not really, but we are going to take you on a journey, on a trip today with our guest. We welcome Pastor Hal and Renee Hall. The Halls are a lead pastor at Sandtown United Methodist Church in Mississippi. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Hey, thank you. Renee, thank you. glad to be here. Thank you thank so you. much. Hal's been here before, Yeah, mm-hmm. but Renee, this is your first time. Yes, it is. Appreciate you guys. And how far did you have to drive? Well, we drove up here from Philadelphia, uh, Mississippi, which is in the middle of the state. But we own a home in Olive Branch, so we're up here quite often anyway. I'm a graduate of Asbury Theological Seminary, and we have alumni meeting tonight that we were planning on being up here for anyway. Okay. So, with with so, President Tim Tennant. Yeah, so this is yeah. going to be a very so, exciting <laughs> alumni meeting. Right. So this is one alumni meeting we did not want to miss. You didn't want to miss that one. Well, how we first met, you, of course, were pastoring the Maples Memorial United Methodist Church at the time. Right. Now, how long have you been at Sandtown? Uh, five years. Five? Has it been five years already? Yeah, it has been five years. It has. Well, of course, you, uh-huh. you mentioned studying at Asbury. You also uh, studied at Mississippi State. Uh, oh, yes. Go Bulldogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> I should have brought my cowbell. No, no, no cowbells <laughs> in here, okay? I have to live with that, too. I had my brother, sister-in-law, my nephew. Nephew, my two nieces, all are graduates and upper graduates uh, from Mississippi State. And my niece right now is a senior. She plays in the Maroon Band. Okay. Or the famous Maroon Band. The famous famous Maroon Band. Put that word back in there. Yeah, yeah. So problem is, Halls, is my other niece is a graduate of Alabama. Uh. Daughter-in-law is in Auburn, you know, so I just caught in the mix, right? I say go Tigers, all right? (laughs) You can't go wrong with saying go Tigers. That's right. In your studies, you studied church leadership at Asbury Theological Seminary, I noticed. Do you remember during those studies anything about revival? Oh, yeah. In fact, even after I've graduated, of course, I've been out of school my master's program anyway for over 20 years now, nearly 25 years. One of the things that I have really been interested in probably over the past 10 years at least has been just studying about revivals, awakenings, outpourings, and I've got a big library full of books on that subject. So it's something that has really piqued my interest. In fact, I would say uh, probably the last 
six years or so at least. A lot of my preaching and teaching has been on this area of revival, awakening, renewal. Really been our heart's prayer, especially for the millennials and the Gen Z, that they see revival, that they experience what, you know, they've never seen an outpouring or move of God like this before. So that's really been our prayer, too. So this has really been on your radar then? Oh, yes, yes. Awakening, we've been praying for another great awakening for a, a very long time. And so what's going on right now is so exciting. Well, I was doing just a little bit of research mm-hmm. in, in the Bible looking for the word revival. And just found this article, too, that the Gospel Coalition put out by Joe Carter back in February of this year. Nine things you should know about revivals in America. As I mentioned, the Bible has no word for revival But it does reveal a pattern of revival. The Old Testament documents several times when God revives the spiritual life of his people. Example, in 2 Samuel 6, 2 Chronicles 29, and Ezra 9 and 10. And while there's no single Hebrew word that conveys the sense of revival, the Old Testament does reveal pattern, as I mentioned. And this is part of a a book that's written by Colin Hansen and John Woodbridge. They pointed out in their book, and the book is called A God-Sized Vision, Revival Stories That Stretch and Stir. It said that following a period of spiritual decline, someone steps forward to acknowledge failure to live according to God's good and gracious law. Others begin to see the problem and turn away from their wayward path. God may hear their petition and answer their cry with revival. And J.I. Packer defined revival as God's quickening visitation of his people, touching their hearts and deepening his work of grace in their lives. And in the Evangelical Dictionary of World Missions, it defines revival as the work of the Holy Spirit in restoring the people of God to a more vital spiritual life, witness, work by prayer and the word after repentance and crisis of their spiritual decline. So what do you think, Pastor? I think those are all good definitions. And when we think about revival, you know, today or in the past from the different revivals, awakenings, and so forth, it's really hard to define what revival actually is, what we're talking about when we talk about revival. In fact, what's going on at Asbury right now, they are quick to say that we don't really know what's going on. So we're not going to call it revival revival. because we don't know. The books have not been written yet on this. And so we're still trying to figure this out. Is it a revival? Is it an awakening? Is it an outpouring? Is it just a special time in history where God sends a special visitation? What is it? I like that being observant, not being quick to judge, but Mm -hmm. saying, what is happening here? God, what are you trying to show us? Is that what you're seeing, Renee? Absolutely. Yes. The Great Awakening birthed America evangelical Christianity mm-hmm. occurred in colonial America between 1730s and the 1760s. A series of revivals spread throughout the land and brought about the most significant social upheaval to occur prior to the American Revolution. You've studied these. Oh, yeah. You're talking about Jonathan Edwards and, and then George Whitfield. The Second Great Awakening led to social reforms and new religious movements. This was about 50 years later than that first Great Awakening. And this is the period, really interesting enough, Pastor, where Methodists and Baptists took the lead in using revivals to expand the spread of Christianity. And it's also interesting that the Methodist movement moved from 20 churches in 1776 to more than 19,000 by the time of the Civil War. Right. And so you can thank uh, Francis Asbury. When John Wesley ordained Francis Asbury when he was 27 years old, sent him to America along with Thomas Koch, Richard Whitecoat, and 
they sent them over there to, and his commissioning to Francis Asbury and all those that he sent was offer them Christ. And they came with the purpose of winning people to Jesus and planting churches. And they did it with the anointing of the Holy yeah, Spirit, yeah. <laughs> obviously, and uh, and it wasn't just a Methodist thing, yes, but it was a God thing. When did the Halls first hear about what was taking place in Wilmore, Kentucky? You're alumni, so I know right. you stay in contact with the campus. When did you first hear about it? Well, all of this happened on Wednesday, on a Wednesday chapel service. February the 3rd? February the 8th. 8th. I think, I think it was 8th. February the 8th right. on a Wednesday. The chapel service just never ended. It continued on. Actually, ironically, we were recovering from COVID. We had just gotten over COVID or still in the middle of it, Both I guess. of you together. Yes. It was my last day. It was your uh, next to last day. She got it and then gave it to me. So, <laughs> and so I was still uh, trying to get over it. And Thursday morning, I'm waking up still all stopped up. And I pick up my phone and do my regular social media things. And I open up Facebook. And my Facebook was just filled with all kinds of information about what's going on at Asbury. And because I still have a lot of contacts through Asbury, all that was just going on. And I remember just seeing some videos from the worship services and just beginning to weep. Just what was going on there was just even coming through my screen on my phone. If it hadn't been for COVID, we'd have probably gone up there right then. You were ready to go. Wanted to go. Well, I I knew we would be going. I just knew. (laughs) Even though we kept saying, I don't know that this is the most responsible thing to do. We've just been sick. But I mean, it was almost like any symptoms that were lingering from COVID were just gone. Well, you know, yeah, didn't even think yeah, about it again. Yeah. Of course, I know you have connections there. I'm sure right, you traveled. Right. So where did you stay and how long did you uh-huh. stay? What happened was on Sunday after church, we still weren't sure that we were going. We had a board meeting right after church and kind of went long and we went home and we were eating lunch and we were praying and reading scripture together and we were just saying, do we need to go? You know, we were kind of doing the old junior high, high school thing where you open up your Bible and you're trying to find a word, you know, uh, about whether or not to go or not. But we just felt that God was saying, go, go. This is a special moment in history that you need to be a part of. And so within the hour after we made the decision, we were on the road. And so it was hard to get a hotel room, hotel reservation, because they were all booked up anything around Wilmore. Wilmore is in the Lexington, Kentucky area, so they've got a lot of hotels. But if you want to be in that area close to Wilmore, it is hard to get a place. So what we did was we found a place at Shaker Village, Shaker Village is just about five miles away. And I used to drive past Shaker Village every day on my way to school over 20 years ago. They've got a restaurant there, but I've never stayed there. And it was a neat experience to get to stay at Shaker Village and then drive into Asbury for the three days that we were there. Got there Sunday night, stayed there all day Monday, half a day Tuesday, and then came back mid-afternoon. Renee, take us to when you first went onto the campus, when you first went to the chapel where things were happening. What was your initial observation? You know, I've been to Asbury a couple times with Hal before, but of course this time was was totally different. We got there initially, um, I think we went in about, it was close to 2 a.m. Their time, their time when we arrived Sunday night. 
I didn't freshen up, didn't even apply lip gloss. I mean, we just went. <laughs> As we're walking up, and of course, you know, it's just a, a calm and peaceful. And we're walking by people, and they're telling us good morning. And but it's 2 yet, o'clock there, telling It was them. calm and peaceful, but yet there were people everywhere. Yeah. And um, just as you're walking up the sidewalk, I've got chills thinking about it. As yeah. you're coming near the steps, you just hear just beautiful, I guess, sounds of revival. You just hear this beautiful worship that sounds like it's, it sounded like angels singing. I mean, yeah. it sounded like somebody was up there directing it. Sound. And yeah. we go in and just kind of take it all in, take our seat, kind of towards the back. There was about um, 200 people in there, 100, maybe 150, 200. It sounds chaotic, but it wasn't chaotic. There was just a very simple worship, um, which is, is, I think, marking all of it. It's very simple worship. There's no—you don't even really— notice the worship team up there because they're leading in worship. Nobody's performing. You would see people praying. You would see some people in the back just in, you know, on their knees, on their face, in individual prayer. You would see younger people ministering to really even elderly people. And then the same, vice versa, you would see the older people ministering to the younger people. There were some people doing sort of a very calm dancing in the spirit. There were a couple of girls doing, you know, they were just yeah, having wild. their worship. Orderly yeah. fashion. Right. 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 That's the right. thing about this. You think when you think about getting that many 18 to 22 year olds in there and there's no smoke machines, there's no fancy lights. You're in an old building with very narrow aisles and wooden chairs. And it's if you're coming to see concert, you're going to be disappointed. Did you notice any type of opposition, protesters outside? Obviously, social media, you're right, right now, as this thing unfolds, you're hearing all kinds of comments and yes. things about it. So as observation, as we're talking about, you're trying to determine what is taking place. What does God seem to be teaching and showing through this? Obviously, you're going to get negative comments. Sure. But sure. there was nothing noticeable to you there. Not there. Not no. there. There were no no protesters or nothing of that nature. The only critical, negative, cynical stuff that I have seen has been on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever witnessed how any similar movement like that? been in the ministry a long time. I have. Yes, I have experienced different moves of God. Back in the 90s, you had a lot of uh, different revival movements that were going on. Toronto, and you had Brownsville, the Pensacola outpouring that was going on there, and different movements sprang up out of those. Now, Renee and I have talked about this, too. I never went to Toronto, but I did go to Brownsville several times. Mm-hmm. I would say that what's going on at Asbury is different. It's not the same. Toronto seemed to be more of a signs and wonders stuff, and then they had a lot of weird stuff that happened because of that. Brownsville, even though it wasn't signs and wonders, and there was some weird stuff going on, obviously, but it was more focused on souls, Mm -hmm. on winning people to Christ. That was the main focus. Asbury's totally different, though. It's not the rolling in the aisles and the shouting and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that you might think when you think revival. It wasn't that. It was really very calm and very uh, now it had its moments, waves, especially mm-hmm. when you get those young people down front, right. mm-hmm. and a song comes up that they're able to clap and cheer on, and that kind of but thing. Not very much, and and or or a testimony they yeah. would get, or a testimony right. time. So uh, what I was going to say was talk about the actual what we experienced on on Monday. We pretty much spent all day Monday there trying to soak everything in. Was it the kind of thing where? 
you've been there for a few hours and you got tired of? No. You wanted to no. leave? No, you no. did not want to leave. No, it was you just didn't the opposite. Leave. No matter how long you were there, you still didn't want to leave. Even it was two thirty, almost three in the morning their time when we arrived. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to leave, but yeah, we, we knew that if we were going to be able to function the next yeah. day, yeah. we needed to go get some sleep. So people were leaving maybe to go get some sleep or get something to eat and then come back? You know, I think a few of the older people did. I think most of the college students or a lot of the college students, they stayed there the whole time. They were bringing blankets bringing and pillows. Blankets and and pillows, then Wednesday and, night, they were dragging in mattresses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, camping sleep, out. Camping out, not wanting to miss something. What were some of your conversations maybe with others in attendance as you dialogued and just kind of discussed it? Well, an interesting thing happened where we were staying at Shaker Village. We were eating in the restaurant, kind of an early lunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a a group of ladies a couple of tables over from us. And you know how you talk. You can kind of hear the conversation that's going on. We knew that they were having a spiritual conversation. So afterwards, as we went back up to our room to grab a few things before we left, uh, they were standing in the hallway. And so uh, Renee goes up and begins to talk to them because she is a very— Because I do that. What would you say, Renee? Well, I, I was like, oh, no, he's probably just hanging his head embarrassed. I said, I'm going to go talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So I just went over and I said, are you by chance here to visit Asbury? Well, I was certain that they were. I had no idea that we were standing in some history greatness <laughs> there. We found out later it was a mother and her two daughters. And I'll let Hal tell that story. But she was there in 1970 on the platform. Which right. was another movement in 1970. Yes. In 1958 yes. was another year yes. Revival broke out in right. Asbury. So Asbury has a history of revival. And in so February. In, the 20, in February. When the February Chiefs win. February is a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. But they have a history of revival to the 20s, the 50s, and, and 1970 was a huge one. It's one that the history books write about. So it happened at a chapel service, much like what happened uh, currently. There was a group of students that was praying before all of this took place. They were in charge of the chapel service that day. The lady that we were talking to, she was a part of a trio of singers in 1970. They had just Mm -hmm. had an album out. The big songs that were new at the time was Fill My Cup, Lord. (laughs) And they had that. And there was another song also that they sang that we can't remember it. So she was the third person to give her, after they sang, she was the third person to give her testimony. She said, before that time, you could not pry the students out of their seats to to give a testimony or even to pray in public or anything. But after they gave their testimonies, these students did. The person in charge of the service said, oh, by the way, the altar's open. When the altar was open, that's when the floodgates opened. And you couldn't keep people from coming and telling their stories at the microphone and repenting and confession of sin. And that lasted 144 hours. Did you have any of your other members from your congregation travel there? Have you encouraged them to go participate? Well, we haven't had any from our congregation go, but I, I would encourage people to go. I, I, you know, There's some talking about it. Right. Some are talking about it. Of course, we have no idea how long this is going to go on either. People are thinking about going. I'd say go, go now because really we don't know how long it's going to be. What do you think the ultimate 
outcome, and we don't really know everything. Right. Like you said, we don't really know what's happening here totally. But what would you like to see the the outcome possibly be? Or what could it potentially be, do you think? Well, I think there could potentially be anything. But what I personally would like to see is this be the beginning of an awakening, mm-hmm. another great awakening, and perhaps the greatest awakening that we've ever seen. Greater than the first great awakening with Jonathan Edwards, greater than the second great awakening. Why is that important? Why is that important? Look at our world today. I think our world is ripe for an awakening. Uh, we just came through COVID. Our country is divided more than Everything. we've ever been before with social media and all the network news just at their throats with one side against the other. We're in a mess. And the younger generation leaving the church in droves, this deconstruction movement that's going on, young people and old alike are deconstructing their faith. So we are just ripe for a movement like this. And I think God is he's never early, he's never late, he's always on time. And I think this is coming at just the right time. And the thing that excites me most of all about this is it's coming through Gen Z. This is 18 to 22-year-olds. Wow. You know, and we're in our mid-50s. The 18 to 22-year-olds kind of lead in worship, and they are just on fire for God. And then how it has spread to other colleges and universities. When you look at other great movements, Tiananmen Square in China, that same age group are the ones that stood in front of those tanks. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Is it because we become hard and crusty and just insensitive to the Holy Spirit and the movement of God? I definitely feel like that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, even in the church. And and I look at some of the current criticism right now of what's going on at Asbury and and other places. And I think one thing that I would love to see, because different groups that don't align maybe theologically with what's going on at Asbury, I would love to see Christians quit fighting with each other and come together. Because the world's looking at that. And they mm-hmm. see Christians, you know, at each other's throats that disagree on different anything. things, on anything. Yeah, right, right. You go on social media, we'd love to argue about anything. But I would love to see a revival of Christians actually coming together. Yes. And ultimately, revival, I think, is for a particular group or a place. But if a revival does anything, I think the best fruit or the biggest fruit can be an awakening that would impact the culture. And that's, I think, what needs to happen through this, or what I would love to see happen, is changing the atmosphere in our culture today. Yeah. What takeaways do you bring back to your people at the church where you pastor? How will this motivate your ministry? How will you infuse what you've learned or what you've experienced there with your people? Well, I, I think number one is a lot of people, and particularly in, in our generation, we've kind of written off Gen Z. Not me personally, but I think a lot of people in my generation have done that might even call them a lost generation. But I've got kind of a reignited passion for that generation. I think one of the things that I'm going to do this Sunday, I'm going to call all of our young people and just have a a time of of maybe just prayer of impartation or just something to encourage them to begin taking this excitement, this hunger to their schools, Mm. even the older people to their places of business, wherever they go, and let it spread. And if I could put everything that we experienced the time that we were there into one word, it would be the word hunger. And that is exciting to see, too. There's so many exciting things to see. But hunger is the thing. There was such a hunger for God, such a hunger to Mm -hmm. be in the presence of God, such a hunger 
for more of, of the Holy Spirit, more of Jesus, more of hearing the gospel. There was just that hunger there. I think it's interesting because, you know, we really basically have all of God that we want. In a sense, you know, sure. once yeah. we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, you know, Ephesians 4 says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit to the day of promise. So we basically have the fullness of the Godhead bodily he dwells in Christ, which we know that scripture teaches. And so when we receive Christ, we have all, but sometimes what we really hunger for and what competes with that relationship? What do we allow to compete with that relationship with Christ mm-hmm. in a sense of those idols that we put up or things that we put as a priority? Yes, absolutely. I agree. And I think like one of the things that's been revivals are always marked by prayer, repentance, prayer. I've really been having a burden recently to make sure my Sunday school class understands, you know, I want them to be equipped and have strong prayer lives. So we were just about to start and that. she teaches the high school I teach Sunday the school high schoolers. And I sent them out a text the other night and I said, y'all, please understand this is led by students. Why can't the same thing happen at Neshoba Central, which is where most of my class goes, but it can. And I want them to understand that they don't absolutely have to go to Asbury or Lee College or the anywhere that this is happening that, you know. They can go to Mississippi State or even Ole Miss. (laughs) Because as you said, it's the same Holy Spirit. And if they'll just go after God with that kind of a hunger. And that's that's what I said. I want to make them thirsty. I want them to want this. And studying revival and and awakenings throughout either all the uh, historic revivals, there's several commonalities that occurred uh, prior to each one of these. So I've discovered that there are three things, really, that accompany kind of movements like this. And one is there's a general dissatisfaction with what's going on in the world, the community, the church. And I believe that there is such a dissatisfaction. People are just so discouraged about what's going on in the world and the church and community and politics, you name it. The second thing is there is a concerted effort in bonded prayer. That has happened with Jonathan Edwards. It happened with Charles Finney. It happened with Cane Ridge Revival before that broke out in 1801. It happened in the previous Asbury Revival in 1970. It happened in this current, what's going on now, is there has been a bonded prayer for a move of God to happen, to change things around. And then the third thing, and this is very important too, there is a emphasis on the preaching and teaching of the authoritative Word of God. And those three things have accompanied all those movements. Yeah. There's been other things, yes. obviously, but those three things are common in all uh, revivals. You're seeing what you shared connected with what we're seeing yes. in Wilmore. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, Halls, this has been wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your experience, letting us Thank know you. what Thank uh, you, for asking. you see yeah. what God is up to. We're yeah. just we want to praise Him yes. and surrender our lives, whether we're in Wilmore or Memphis, Tennessee, for His will, for His glory. God bless you. Thank you so Thank much you. for you allowing Christ to do in and through you as a couple and as a ministry team. <laughs> Thanks for being our guest today. Thank oh, you. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us. having us. Now, if folks wanted more information, how about your ministry? Want to yeah. connect with you? Maybe have questions? How could they reach you? Email. Hal.GreatAwakening at gmail.com. Of course, my Facebook page, Hal Hall, just search me. But I've also got a Facebook group as well that uh, I started a few years ago, and it's called The Great Awakening Network. 
And so you can reach through there. I've also got a YouTube channel, and I think it's Pastor Hal Hall, or Preacher Hal Hall. Preacher. Pastor. Is it Preacher or Pastor? One of them. Whatever. But you can find me there. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you for having (laughs) us. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.